got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here, and welcome back to Coffee and Crypto, the number one technical analysis YouTube show on the YouTubes. And we are going to be talking about Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, and we're also going to be talking a little bit about the Federal Reserve inflation rates. And yes, we will spend 10 minutes discussing Luna. In fact, we're going to be making an afternoon video on the current situation on Luna. So make sure you stay tuned for that. That video will be going out a little bit later on today. But as for this show, we will be talking about Bitcoin. It's recent drop down to $29,000. And during the discussion segment, which will kick off at 1030, we will be discussing the Federal Reserve inflation data that just came out 0.2% lower than last month. Interesting. I didn't expect that to go down. It was forecasted at 8.1%. Last month, it was 8.5%. Actual came out from CPI, Bureau of Labor Statistics data at 8.3%. So we're going to discuss whether or not the major rate hikes that we've just seen are having an impact yet. And if they are, what might next month look like and how should this affect the price action of Bitcoin? I am joined as not often, but sometimes, and I'm always glad when he is. T Shroom, how you doing, T Shroom? Better than I deserve, Jeb. Okay, thank you, thank you, Mr. Ramsey. Now we're also joined, as always, by Smay. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. My congestion's drying up a little bit. Mine too. Um, you know, I was, yesterday was a tough one. I was a little bit, you know, headaches and you know, it was bad, but. We're back at it. We're good. I'm glad to be here. Can I just say, this show's starting to look really freaking good. Like, we got the three panels set up. We got an incredible set set up. We got the new intro. By the way, that's not a new video. That was made as the trailer for Coffee and Crypto about five months ago. And I believe it was always intended to be the intro, yeah, wasn't it, Smay? Yeah, yeah. Well, now it uh, is. Guys, shout out to Zach. He is absolutely, absolutely one of the best video creators on the planet. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love him to death. And he made that. So shout out to Zach. Cool point about Zach, who is one of our editors. When he started working for us, he didn't even know how to cut video in Premiere Pro. I taught him the basics because I know a little bit about video editing. If you if you look back on the channel, there's actually some cinematics. One of those cinematics I made with Zach about two years ago was called uh, uh, Taste Deliciousness. You can look that up on YouTube. It's got 2,000 views. It's on this channel. It's public. You can go find it. We made that with Zach. He didn't know how to cut video or anything. He, we just shot it. He didn't know anything about editing. He joined the team taught himself all of it. I taught him a little bit, but he taught himself I mean, all of that. I'm really proud of him. Shout out to Zach. Dude is absolutely killing it. And by the way, he also edited every single video in Club DeFi and they look amazing. So good job. Shout out to you, Zach. You're doing great. Shout man. out. Yeah. Good deal. All right. <clears throat> well, let's go ahead and read some green names. Smay. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I was waiting for my opportunity. There you go. Nice uh, opportunity. Guys, uh, Crypto Set Guy, Kenny R, Siobhan Goulet, Dennis Pizarka, Tom Wilkes, uh, Mike Markle, Sultan of Salt, Adam Rourke, Crypto Alchemist, Ricardo Vinegas. <laughs> guys, Man. these guys are amazing. You say Matt C? Matt C, yeah. Matt C, he's a new member, yeah. Oh, and guys. Nice to meet you, Matt Celtics C. are going to win tonight. Are they? Yes. What team is technical director? I know you're always wearing a team's hat. Uh, well... Me, I'm yeah, technical. Director. Your technical director. Yeah. He's yeah. producer and technical director. In case you guys didn't know, that's his. Technically, 
<laughs> I had to pull that one on you. I'm so sorry. I'm really not. He is the technical director and that is his team. Guys, we're about to jump into some Luna coverage. Instead of doing our market watch as we normally do, we are going to start off with 10 minutes of analysis on Luna. Today's show is actually not about Luna. It's about the Federal Reserve and about US, uh, it's about Bitcoin, but we kind of have to cover this. It's the elephant. It's the blue whale in the room. Let's call it that. Everybody's discussing this and for good reason. This is one of the biggest travesties that we have seen in cryptocurrency in a very long time. I don't want to compare it to BitConnect because BitConnect was a Ponzi scheme. Terra Luna is not a Ponzi scheme. There were some mistakes made, but it's not a Ponzi scheme. It's not a rug pull, at least as far as I'm concerned. We're still researching it. I could be wrong, but that's not what it looks like. But I have not seen a drop like that since BitConnect dropped from $400 down to zero in the span of two days. We're going to talk about that here in just a second. Before we do, though, I do want to bring you a word from our sponsor, iTrust Capital. If you guys are not protecting your crypto gains from taxes, you are missing out on a big opportunity to maximize your capital gains because whenever you invest in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and you pull those and you pull those monies, that money out, you are subject to taxes. Now, there are ways that you can get around that that the Federal Reserve has set up through things like IRAs. And now with iTrust Capital, you can actually invest in Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, many different cryptocurrencies through your IRA retirement account. And, the, and that allows you to defer taxes in a multitude of different ways. It really helps you to save money. And it also encourages long-term investment because there is a penalty for taking out of an IRA before the age of 59 and a half. So it encourages you to hold on for the long-term and you can trade around in the account within the tax shelter, build your account. And then if you want to pull out early, you can do that. It's a little bit of a penalty, but you can do that and uh, you will be deferring a lot of those taxes. It's definitely something you want to check out. You can use the link down below to get a $100 funding reward. But... Let's go ahead and jump on over to Luna. T-Shirm, you've been looking at this really sad situation, and uh, you've been catching me up to speed on what's going on. Can you intro the situation for us here? Yeah. So yesterday, uh, Terra, the stablecoin, actually went down, and it was in the morning. It was around ninety-three dollars. That or ninety-three cents. It should be at one dollar, and it and it wasn't. We didn't decide to run the story, but today, obviously things have completely uh, gone upside down for Luna. And I've been scanning the internet, Twitter, different uh, chats and, and different things. And it, you know, people are asking the question, should you buy Luna? And, you know, we're gonna answer that question today, but, you know, so what's going on in real time? If you wanna go to, if you wanna go to my uh, computer, if you wanna go to my screen, I will show you all uh, kind of what's going on here. So Terra USD, you can see here is highlighted, uh, Terra USD, it is at 41 cents. So it, it, it is supposed to be at one cent, uh, $1. This is a stable coin. At least it, you know, it, it, right now it is not stable, right? But we'll look at what's happening with the, with the rest of the, with the uh, market, right? There's there's double, double digit losses in Dogecoin and Polkadot, Avalanche, Solana, Cardano, XRP, Ethereum and Bitcoin have actually recovered nicely. They were down as low as 8% this morning. Um, and and they've, they've come back up a little bit. So still a lot of strength, still a decent amount of confidence in Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, but the, the story with, with Terra Luna and, uh, and uh, Terra specifically, it is, it is lost its peg. It's lost its peg to the United States dollar and folks have lost confidence in Luna and it's sold off. Now, Jeb, the question I have for you is I'm seeing a lot of the questions in even our chat, people saying they bought Luna and they're up right now. Yeah. Uh, would you 
Would you advise people getting into Luna right now? Well, you know, I am not a financial advisor. This is not financial advice. I should put that out there. Not for the sake of protecting myself legally, although that is true, but for protecting you guys. With that said, <clears throat> I would be very hesitant to purchase Terra Luna or use Terra USD right now. And the reason for that has a lot to do with confidence. You know, the reason that Bitcoin has so much confidence is because it has never once failed, ever ever, ever, ever failed at what it intends to do. You can be perfect 99.9% .9 of the time, but people aren't looking out for when you do things right. People are looking out for when you mess up. Bitcoin has never messed up. That's why it's top dog. Even Ethereum has had situations where things went very, very south. Now, I'm not talking about the time in early 2017 where Ethereum dropped down to $4. That was an exchange issue. That was not an issue with the way that the, the cryptocurrency was built. Confidence is everything. And unfortunately, we're going to look at the price. We're not really going to be doing exactly technical analysis because you can't really do technical analysis on a project that's down 97% in 24 hours. But we're going to look at the price. The thing to keep in mind is that one of the things that underpins the valuation of a stock or a cryptocurrency is confidence. Right now, a lot of people are losing confidence in, in Netflix, for example. People are not very confident that it is going to remain top dog. You know, 10 years ago, Netflix was the only major streaming provider. Now you have Paramount Plus, you have Di uh, Disney Plus, you have you know Netflix, you have Hulu, you have HBO Max. HBO, Ma HBO was around back then. But the point is, a lot of people are losing confidence in Netflix's edge, and it's showing in the price. And what we're seeing right now is that for one reason or another, we're going to get into the fundamentals of what caused this in an afternoon video. People have had their confidence shattered in Luna. I think that's the only word that can describe it. The confidence has been absolutely shattered. Now, I believe that you could say on the price action front that this really started two days ago on May the 9th. Luna was trading at $65. Ever since then, in the span of just 72 hours, we'll go to the hourly chart and I'll show you. In the span of just 72 hours, we have seen Terra Luna drop almost two orders of magnitude. It is down 98% in just under 72 hours. During that time frame, it dropped all the way down just a couple of hours ago to 59 cents when before it was the darling of cryptocurrency. It was outperforming everything. It was one of the only cryptocurrencies at all time high. And now there's a funeral going on for it. So the thing I want you guys to understand is that right now is not a time to buy the dip. It's just not. Now, I'm not here to tell you that you couldn't make money on it. There are people right now that have bought Luna in the last four hours and have made a lot of money because there's a bounce going on right now. At, uh, what would that be, 9 p.m. yesterday. I'm sorry, 9 a.m. today. That wasn't even that long ago. I'm sorry, that was just a, an hour and a half ago. We saw Luna sitting at 59, uh, 67 cents. Now it's up to $3. It's up 385% in an hour. And I know that's tempting. That has got to be so tantalizingly tempting for all of you traders out there to say, look, Luna is about to go up. It's up 400% in an hour. It's still performing great, right? Not necessarily, guys. Remember, the price action is downstream of the fundamentals. We're having a dead cap bounce right now because everybody looked at this and said, well, it's not going to go to zero. Or if it does, then hey, it's probably going to bounce to 2 or $3. I can make a trade here. And there might be a trade opportunity. I'm not going to tell you there's not. What I am going to tell you is that before I buy any Luna, luckily I had been meaning to buy some. I didn't. I just checked my portfolio. I don't have any. Um, 
if I were to ever buy Luna in the future, I would need to see a very, very, very big turnaround in the way that the project is running, in the way that the project is built, and a huge boost in the confidence of the project. And it's really sad, too, because Do Kwon is somebody who wanted to build something great. I don't think there are any bad intentions here. I don't think that there was a rug pull or a Ponzi. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's the case. I think Do Kwon, the leader of the Luna Foundation, really does believe in the future of algorithmic stablecoins. And I think he really does believe in in the future of Luna. And I think he does believe in the power and the and the future of Bitcoin. That's why he is buying so much Bitcoin. The problem is sometimes when you make a mistake, there are consequences. Sometimes when you walk out in the street without looking both ways, you get hit. And sometimes you walk out in the street and you look both ways and you did your due diligence and maybe that's what Luna did, but you still get hit by the car. And it sucks, but it's the world that we live in. So what do you do now if you are in Luna or if you have encouraged somebody to get into Luna, because that is the question on a lot of people's mind. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't have an answer for that. I, I don't know what to say to that, other than in future, make sure to take some profits on the way up. In future, make sure that you have not invested more than you're willing to lose. In future, make sure that you pull your principal out as soon as you can after you are in profit. In future, if you're in this situation, understand that diversification into Bitcoin is a wonderful thing. I don't have a problem with being just in Bitcoin because it is the most stable of all the cryptocurrencies, but be very careful at in diversifying too much into the altcoins. Don't go all in on one cryptocurrency. There is one employee on our staff that will remain nameless that is, is almost all in on Cardano. And we've told him, hey, that's not a good idea because as much as we believe in Cardano, Cardano is a flawed project, just like we're flawed humans, just like every piece of technology has errors and bugs in, in it, and things like this can happen. And they're wake-up calls to remind us of the importance of doing our due diligence on our research, of doing our due diligence on our investments, doing our due diligence on our diversification and our strategy, and doing our due diligence on making sure that we're investing in our mindset so that we know how to handle these situations, both financially and also emotionally. So T-Shroom, do you have any final thoughts that you would like to give to the audience? And especially, what would you say to somebody who is down 98% on their Luna investment right now, or maybe encourage somebody to get into Terra Luna? Yep, well, that's what I would say is, is you know, we've kind of had this slow decline in crypto recently uh, as a result of the Fed, which we're about to get into that more. Uh, but this is, this is kind of a wake up call. If you're new to crypto, welcome to crypto. Right. This is this is uh, altcoins. This is what happens. This is an unusually precipitous drop, and this this is pretty pretty devastating. Yeah. But this is crypto. These are high risk assets. It's especially when you're trading um, altcoins. So, you know that that's what I would say is I'm, I don't want to sugarcoat this. This is real. If you go to my screen really quick, this is what Duquan has to say as we as we wrap up this segment. Uh, Terra's focus has always oriented itself around a long-term time horizon, and another setback this May, similar to last year, will not deter the lunatics. Short-term stumbles do not define what you can accomplish. It's how you respond that matters. If you come back to me, I actually agree with that. I, yeah, I mean, I wholeheartedly too. agree with that. Whether or not uh, Terra Luna can, can recover from this, I would say it probably can't, but it's possible. I mean, Duquan is a pretty smart guy. Uh, mm -hmm. I've studied him quite a bit. He, you know, He's capable of a lot. But ultimately, this is also a lesson on a brand the, the brand has suffered way too much damage at this point. Um, it, it, if, if it could recover, it would be it would be quite a comeback story. But uh, yeah, so so I just wanted to read you all that, Jeb. 
Definitely, yeah. And final thoughts there. Can Luna make a comeback and re- and retake his former glory? Yeah, it, it, it can. That is possible. I also don't want to give you false hope and say that that's likely because it's not. At this point, I think it is very unlikely that Luna will regain its former glory. And if it does, it's going to take years. Because when you see something like this happen, it shatters the confidence. As he just said, it's an issue of branding. And brands take a very long time to build and they can be destroyed overnight. I'm not casting any blame on anybody who works on Terra Luna. I am sending my heart out to them because it's an unfortunate situation. We're building experimental technology here. It just so happened that this experimental technology had a market capitalization of tens of billions of dollars five days ago, and now that's gone. So I'm not attacking anybody at the Luna Foundation. My heart goes out to Do Kwon because he's put his blood, sweat, tears, and life into this, and it is a very sad thing that's happening. My heart goes out to everybody who is or was or got somebody into Luna. I know this is hard. And like T-Shroom said, there's no way to sugarcoat it. But what we can say is that we're here for you and we want to teach you and we want to educate you and we want to fellowship and be in community with you so that we can go forth and learn. Because even if one project fails, remember our success is not defined by the success or failure of a project or any project. It is defined by whether or not we are willing to learn and grow and improve and put those lessons such as this into effect so that we can be better next time. Is life going to have hardship? Absolutely. That's promised to us. But do we have the ability to walk through those hardships and come out stronger next time? We also have that ability. And I encourage anybody who is or was in Luna to not see this as a bad thing, as counterintuitive as that may seem, because it is a bad thing, but instead see it as an opportunity to learn. Kelly lost $65,000. He's in chat right now. He can tell you in chat. He lost $65,000 on one leverage trade was the most money he'd ever had in his life, is what he said on stream. And he used it for his own lesson, and he calls it his tuition, and now he's a very successful cryptocurrency trader because he learned some very valuable lessons through that time. I'm not saying it's your fault that Terra Luna crashed, to be clear. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that even when somebody else messes up, you can learn from those mistakes. With that said, let's go ahead and move on now to Bitcoin here and take a look at it. Bitcoin also suffered a drop over the last couple of hours. Just this morning, it dropped all the way down to $29,036. And what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and draw a level right here at $29,020. And we're going to look back in time here. And what we're going to see is that Bitcoin came down and almost perfectly within $200 retested the low that was set on June 22nd of 2021. T-Shroom, do you think that Bitcoin double bottoming down at $29,000 signals the bottom or do you think we'll end up setting a lower low? It's a good it's a good question. Okay. Yeah. I I think that right now there is definitely a stronger argument for Bitcoin to go lower. But I think that holding that support is possible. I think that there there are some stories, you know, that could that could come out that could bring uh, Bitcoin higher, right? There are some uh, whales that may think it's the, in their interest to place, pay some big uh, place some big buy orders right now to to kind of float uh, Bitcoin on for a little longer, you know, sideways movement would be would be really good at this point but unfortunately all the forces are pointing toward uh, not just bitcoin but the nasdaq and commodities to well not commodities but uh, the nasdaq to continue to kind of uh, 
go down in a downward slope. Yeah, and that's what we're seeing right now is that there are major implications on Bitcoin from the rest of the market. And I think one thing that we should keep in mind is that Bitcoin is not existent in a vacuum. Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin does in fact have other forces acting on it. Whenever you see Terra Luna drop 98% in a day and a half, that's going to have an impact on Bitcoin. Whenever you see the Federal Reserve come out and we see uh, that they've raised interest rates as they did a couple of weeks ago, that's going to have an impact on Bitcoin. Whenever inflation data comes out and it's still over 8% as it probably will be for a long time. I'm talking a matter of years. It will probably be this high or higher if they're honest or even close to it. Then that's going to have a big impact on Bitcoin. I think what we saw is that the Terra Luna crash I think that crashes, the Terra Luna disintegration of the price has had a major impact on Bitcoin. Now, the cool thing about Bitcoin's price action right now is that it's actually printing bullish RSI divergence. You can look here at the price uh, down here on the hourly chart, excuse me, and you can see that right now there is lower, there are lower lows forming on the one hourly chart and higher lows forming on the RSI. If we go up to the four hourly chart, we're going to see something kind of similar. If you look at the at the uh, wicks right here, we have a high, we have a, a very obvious higher lows forming here on the RSI, very obvious lower lows forming here. If you use the wicks on the four hourly chart, and then you go up to the daily chart and you can see that RSI bottomed out. I just removed my RSI by accident. You can see that RSI bottomed out all the way down to 23. And also keep in mind, if we look at the fear and greed index, then we saw that hit 10 yesterday. Bitcoin's fear and greed index over on alternative.me is a remarkable index for predicting when Bitcoin has bottomed. As you can see, on the 10th of May, it hit 10. With just this data, the last month, that doesn't give you much information. But if you look at the last year, the only couple of times that we've seen Bitcoin hit 10 on the fear and greed index were Let's see here. Let's see if I can get down here. The 30th of May, the 22nd of June, the, uh, let's see, the 22nd of July. Then we also saw it happen on the 8th of January. Let's take those dates and look back. The 8th of January. We need to look at the exact date. We can't be general here. Looking at the exact date, the 8th of January was right here. We went into a rally. It wasn't a big one, but we did go into a rally, and it meant that we were close to the bottom. When we bottomed out, we hit 12. This was where we hit 10. This was where we hit 10. If we look at it again, we can see that on the 30th of May is when we hit 10. Let's take a look at that. The 30th of May was right here. These were, these were all major lows on the bottom of the market. And the thing to keep in mind here is that hitting 10 on fair and greed does not mean that we're at the bottom. But it does mean that over the next couple of days, we probably will see some bottoming and we probably are close to the bottom. It's unlikely that we're going to see another massive dip below $29,000 in the next couple of weeks. It's possible. But I think what's more likely is that the bulls are going to start buying this and people that were shorting, putting a lot of sell side pressure into this market are going to take a breather because they just made a bunch of money and they want to take those profits. Oh, and by the way, a lot of people got wrecked on Luna, but some people are reporting that they made $167,000 because they entered a lucky short and they might be sitting on 100 Bitcoin now that they didn't have before or 100, 100 Bitcoin worth of stable coins, hopefully not UST, and they might go ahead and buy Bitcoin with that. A lot of people just came into literally hundreds of millions of dollars from shorting Luna, and those people may buy Bitcoin as well. So I do think that, as I said yesterday, we're going to see a couple of days of bounce here. And I said a couple of weeks, we might not drop below 29K. That might be a little bit too generous. It may be a little bit longer, but I, it may be a little bit shorter of a time. 
But if we do drop below 29K, it's probably going to be uh, here in a little bit. I don't think it's going to be right away. If we do drop below 29K, then I believe where we're going to go is to the 200 weekly exponential moving average. The 200 WEMA is sitting at $26,706. That would not be a bad place for Bitcoin to backtest. If we did go down to that level, then that would be a, uh, that would be a retracement from all-time high of 60%. That would definitely, definitely, definitely give a lot of confidence to bull on the sidelines waiting to buy Bitcoin, and you would see some of these big power players step into the space in a big way. Let's also look at uh, Lux Algo really quickly here, just so we get an idea of whether or not there's a trend reversal coming. Hint, hint, there's probably not a big one, if at all, but we can at least take a look at it and see what it's saying. We did see a buy signal here for a second on the hourly chart that was confirmed, and we did see uptrend following that. And then we saw a strong sell signal, which we are still under. We have also seen that we uh, jumped very far down here into the uh, bottom band of, of, the, uh, of Lux Algo. And we can also see that the bottom band on Lux Algo here is giving us support around 28,500 and is curving to the upside. That's a good sign. Removing Lux Algo on the hourly chart here, we can see that Bitcoin also dropped quite a bit below the Bollinger Bands right here. It tried to get through 29K, but the bulls held it and bought up the dip almost immediately. That indicates to me that this pullback that we've been seeing, mainly the pullback that we've been seeing since 40K on the 5th of May, that rhymed. Nice. This drop is probably almost over. That was a really well-timed nice. That was pretty good. I appreciate it. T-Shroom, do you have any final thoughts here on Bitcoin before we move on? No, well, my thought is, you know, with the initial question about the double bottom, it's like we've kind of gotten a little bit of proof of how much of an appetite uh, there is for Bitcoin down at 29, right? Yeah. They got bought up very quickly. It did not stay down there very long. Um, and then, you know, that's proof is that it, it only registered a wick on the daily charts. So, uh, you know, that 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 could, um, you know, bolster the argument that there is a lot of support down there at 29. And, uh, you know, perhaps when the rest of the market begins to, to kind of go lower, meaning the, the SPY and the NASDAQ, they continue to go lower, that uh, Bitcoin may not actually go lower, it may settle down around 29 and kind of stay there and move sideways, maybe dipping under, uh, but, but hopefully staying above that, that, that support. Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and read some super chats and uh, keep moving on. Absolutely. Well, we've got uh, one and we've got another. So I'm going to read the first one from Tom Wilkes. First, I need $20. He said, my two cents worth. Please ignore the trolls in the gloom and doom talking heads. Remember why we're in crypto. Remember our ideologies. Remember we are playing the long game. If you don't sell, you haven't lost. Very true. That's true. If you don't sell, you haven't lost. However, sometimes the investment that you're in has lost, and you do need to understand that that is a potential. So with Luna, I uh, be careful with that ideology there, because if you haven't sold, you haven't lost. That is valid advice if the fundamentals haven't changed. If you buy a house and you don't sell the house, but it loses half of its value, did it lose half of its square footage? No. It's still just as much of a house. Now, maybe the town is slowly moving in a different direction, but the fundamentals are changing much slower than the price. Luna, the fundamentals just had a massive, massive, massive hit, probably the biggest hit that you can take to a cryptocurrency. So I agree with that advice. However, don't take it too far because if you take that to an extreme, you can end up staying in something that you really shouldn't. Yeah, I, I actually agree. I think that that uh, Tom Wilkes uh, is, is true here and what I'd say is that Luna is the exception to the rule. The rule is Agreed. don't yeah. sell. You know, Agreed. if you're in something you're confident in, 
uh, don't sell. Now, a lot of people were confident in Luna. They were wrong. So you can be confident and wrong, but the, the overall rule is don't sell when you're down. Right. And I'm very confident in Bitcoin. You know, I, I would not be selling at this point, even though we're down, you know, 30% from just uh, two months ago, more than 30%. So, all right, moving on to Crypto Alchemist member for eight months. We'll know. Anna Jebi Knight said short term downside price action should be the most exciting thing for anyone in this for the long haul. DCA, bring these average entry prices down. Bull markets are for profits. Bear markets are where those profits are made. Yeah, that's what we keep using the analogy for on if you are at the Super Bowl, is that time for you to train legs? No, that time to train legs was over the last 10 years. That's when it was time to train legs. In the last month of a bull market, that is not time for you to be accumulating. You've already supposed to have been accumulating. You were already supposed to hit legs a thousand times. If you didn't do it, that's either you didn't know that Bitcoin existed before then and you can't help that, or you didn't know Bitcoin existed before that and you didn't do your due diligence. So not calling anybody out, not attacking anybody, but it is important that we understand that we have an opportunity in times like this to load up our bags and educate ourselves and grow. And if we don't take advantage of that opportunity, then shame on us for complaining that we didn't have enough Bitcoin or that we didn't know enough when the market does go into a massive blow off top because we had that opportunity. So. That's a very good comment. Yeah. We got two more. And then we've got another one uh, from Tony K. Donated $5. It is possible that the 29K orders got filled and now there's no money to hold it the next time we test yeah. it. Yeah, no, that is possible. I don't know if that's likely, but it is possible. I think there's a lot of people that would buy below $30,000 on Bitcoin. I, I Actually, I really believe that that is true. Um, Massey also donated. Uh, well, he didn't donate, but it's a, it's a, he does donate every single month because he's a Jedi Grandmaster and he was a member for, he has been a member for nine months. Yeah. And he just said, uh, full disclosure, I just took a bath on Luna. Thankfully, I'm well diversified, so it didn't wipe me out, but I'm not discouraged in the slightest. In fact, I believe now is the time to be doing more research and taking and more investing while prices are at a low. Take advantage. I'm not sure if you're talking about taking advantage of the low prices on Luna or if the low prices on everything else. If you're talking about the low price on everything else, I agree with you. Not going to necessarily agree if you mean that uh, we should be looking to buy Luna. I think that Luna at this point is more than likely a dead project. Yeah. So I might... I might eat those words here in a few years, and if I do, I apologize, but from where I'm sitting right now, that's going to be very difficult to come back from. Uh, Mario Dashinovich said, Jeb, when are we going to have an ADA video? Uh, we had an ADA video about 18 hours ago. It's on the channel, so make sure you go check that out. We love ADA. It is one of our favorite cryptocurrency projects. Now, we're going to go ahead and move into our discussion, but first, a word from our sponsor, CoinChange. Guys, if you want to get invested in the cryptocurrency space and do some yield farming, one of the best ways to do it is with CoinChange. You can become a successful DeFi investor in the span of just two clicks with their mobile app. They allow you to earn interest on your crypto and they've made it incredibly easy and they've even given you a $40 USDC sign-up bonus. You can stake different projects such as USDT, USDC, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and more and earn up to 20% on those different accounts. All your money is on chain. The crypto custody is done with Fireblocks. I've met some of the people from Fireblocks at the North American Bitcoin Conference. It's a solid company. Uh, there are no lockups. That's a very good thing. And your funds are immediately available. They don't even keep the funds off chain with any third parties. They have it all custodied with Fireblocks. Very secure, very easy way to put away some of your money, let it compound, let it build some interest in a very safe way. They've got some very strong researchers, uh, very strong algorithms that choose how exactly to 
get those yields. So make sure you check it out, CoinChange. The link is in the description box down below. But let's go ahead and jump into our discussion around inflation. T-Shirt, Mr. Fetty R, Mr. Federal Reserve, can you enter? Can you intro us? Absolutely, I can. Well, uh, so this morning at eight thirty, the the Bureau of Labor Statistics uh, released its inflation uh, rate, and we wanted to go over that. So the actual inflation rate uh, is eight point three, right? And that's that was point uh, two higher than the forecasted inflation rate, which was 8.1, but it actually came in under the previous inflation rate, which was 8.5. So what does this do to us? What, how does this affect us? How does this affect Bitcoin? Well, ultimately, uh, this, this new data, plus the positive non-farm payroll that we went over last week, uh, potentially gives the Fed a, uh, a pass to be pursuing a more hawkish policy as it moves forward, meaning that it would be more aggressive with its uh, raising of interest rates and cutting of its bond buying policy. And that would ultimately have a negative effect on both U.S. equities and crypto. Now, the question I would have for Jeb is at what point, Jeb, does Bitcoin uh, decouple itself from uh, the NASDAQ and, and mid-tech to high-tech uh companies and start to become what it was always intended to be, which is a hedge against inflation and a hedge against uh, down down uh, movements in the stock market? Well, it's a hard question to answer because it will never happen at one point. The, the, the fact of the matter is Bitcoin itself is not necessarily going to decouple from the traditional markets. The people buying Bitcoin and their methodology is going to decouple from the traditional markets. What do I mean by that? Well, Bitcoin decoupling is just a symptom of the traders and their experience. So remember what technical analysis is. This is what we teach in Club DeFi. Club, Club DeFi teaches that Bitcoin, uh, excuse me, technical analysis is the art, not the science, of reading charts, price action charts, to try and understand what the traders and investors are thinking so that we may then understand how they will trade and thus affect the market. So the market is downstream of everything else. It's downstream of reading the charts. It's downstream of what people are thinking. It's downstream of trading. It is the result. The price action is the result. What we see on the, on the chart is the result of a multitude of factors. One of those factors is what percentage of the investors, of the investment, I should say, in cryptocurrency is being put in by people who understand the why behind Bitcoin? Because quite a few people don't understand why Bitcoin was made. And that's why, you know, I, I, I tell people, you will see the drop stop. You will see the market stop dropping when people remember why they got into Bitcoin in the first place. You will see the drop end and Bitcoin start to rally when people remember why they got into Bitcoin in the first place. When, excuse me, not why they got into Bitcoin in the first place, but why Bitcoin was created in the first place. Because I can't tell you why people get in, but I can tell you why it was made. Bitcoin was made, it was created by Satoshi Nakamoto, launched on January 3rd, 2009, to help give the masses financial sovereignty in a way that has never before been seen in the history of mankind. The closest thing we had to that was gold. Ask anybody who was alive during the 1930s how that worked out for them. It got stolen by Franklin Roosevelt and the rest of the U U.S. federal government during the Great Depression. You can't be sovereign and hold gold. It does not work unless you are a sovereign nation with the ability to put all of your citizens who hold gold and won't give it over to you in jail at gunpoint. 
There is no way to be financially sovereign without Bitcoin right now. It doesn't exist. And we've also just found out in the last 48 hours that in the altcoin space, the certainty of that is very low. We have to be very careful about where we choose to keep our resources. Bitcoin is the only and I do mean the only way to be financially sovereign in this world. Not even real estate has the properties that Bitcoin has. Not gold has properties that Bitcoin has. Certainly equities don't. If you want to store value into the future without the ability for it to be stolen, or at least the ability to make it unstealable, because you can store your private keys in your head and you could take them to your grave if you wanted to, that's the only place you're going to find it is in Bitcoin. So. Let's go ahead and talk about this. What would it take for Bitcoin to go into a big bounce? It would take people remembering why Bitcoin was created in the first place. For Bitcoin to decouple from the stock market, from the S&P 500, you're going to need to see enough people understand what I just said. In Christianity, we have the gospel. It's the message that underpins everything we believe. It's that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is God. He went to the cross. He died a sinner's death even though he had done no sin. He rose again on the third day and ascended into heaven. And through his work on the cross, we are saved and can be reunited with God for all, or we can be united with God for all eternity. That's the gospel message in a nutshell. Everything else in the Bible points to that message. I am in no way, to be clear, comparing Bitcoin to Jesus Christ. I'm not doing that. But what I am saying is that in the same way that there is a core message behind Christianity, there's a core message behind Bitcoin. The core message behind Bitcoin is that you don't have financial sovereignty anywhere else but Bitcoin. And if you want to store your wealth into the future, not have it stolen, not have it inflated into oblivion, not have it removed from your possession because you put it under your mattress and somebody stole it without ever touching it because of 8.3% inflation every single year, that's just an 8.3% tax in case you didn't realize that. The only way to do that's with Bitcoin. It's the only way. It's the good news of Bitcoin, if you will. Doesn't compare in the slightest to the good news of Christ. But that's the good news of Bitcoin. Here's the bad news. Most people don't understand that. Most people are in Bitcoin because they want to get rich quick. Most people are in Bitcoin because they see that it goes up. Oh, it go up. I can get Lambo. That's great. If you want a Lambo, I'm not going to fault you for that, but that's not why we're in Bitcoin. If you forget why we're in Bitcoin, you will not be successful in this space the way that you should be and the way that you can be. If you understand what I just said of why Bitcoin was created, mark my words, if you give it enough hard work and time, then you can be very successful in crypto. There is no doubt about that. When will Bitcoin decouple from the traditional markets? When people start understanding and getting that into their head why Bitcoin was made. Because right now, most people don't understand it. And until they do understand it, it will follow the stock market because people think that it's the same thing. And it most certainly is not. Yeah, it's an excellent answer, Jeb. Um, one thing I, I will point out is that uh, these numbers that we just got uh, this morning at 8.30 a.m. are not necessarily reflective of what actually is going on as a response to the Fed's in, uh, interest rate hikes, the, the double hike. And why is that? That's because this this data that came out is reflective of, of last month, right, of April. And we didn't get that rate hike until late April. So there's no way for businesses to adjust their pricing strategy and for consumers to react to the Fed interest rate hikes uh, in order for we, us to get any data. And Jeb, even a, even a month from now, Jeb, uh, would would that data still be valid or would we need longer? You're going to need longer to see, to see um, 
at least in my opinion, and you know, you, you study this quite a bit too, Shroom, so I want to hear your take also. I think it's going to take a lot longer to see these different changes with the reduction in bond buying policy and the uh, increase in the in the federal funds rate, which is the actual, what we talk about with the Federal Reserve interest rate. It's called the federal funds rate. It is the interest rate that underpins the rest of the, the financial systems in the United States. Whenever you have a change in those metrics, it takes time. I like to think of it like this. The U.S. economy and the U.S. dollar is a gigantic ship. It's the biggest ship in the world, by far. Not even close. Nothing compares. Certainly not the um, inflated Chinese economy that is built on stilts right now. It is the biggest ship in the world, bar none. It's not even close. But you don't have a very big rudder on moving it. We're starting to see these inflation numbers kick off based on money printing that was done two years ago. Think about this. How long does it take for iron ore to get mined, go through 50 steps of supply chain, and end up, end, end up in this computer? Probably two or three years. As that iron ore is processed and moving from fabrication to factory to final assembly and everything in between is transported all around the world in the, in the global supply chain system, when we see that happen, it carries its own pricing information with it. Somebody bought iron ore at, say, I don't know, $200 a ton. I have no idea what iron ore goes for. $200 a ton. Then it goes along. Two years later, they're still making microprocessors with it because it had to go through the entire supply chain, and it was purchased originally at $200 a ton. Well, now there's inflation going on. Now the economy's jacked up. Now it's $700 a ton. But it's going to take time for those raw resources to move through the supply chain and get to final product, which is going to impact the price. So what I'm saying is that you can make a computer right now with a year ago's prices of raw resources and then sell it as if the currency had not been inflated because you got all of the materials from a year ago. That's not all of it. Obviously, labor is at the point, and it has to happen right there. But my point is, price shifts take a long time to move through an economy, especially the more complicated the economy is. Supply chain shifts can happen very quickly, but a lot of times they happen much more slowly. It's the same thing with the U.S. dollar. If I was to smash a meteor into the Atlantic Ocean, there might be waves in Hawaii, but it might take three days for them to get there. It's the same thing with the U.S. dollar. When you rock the U.S. dollar, it's going to take time for those waves to ripple around the world. And right now, we're seeing the ripples of what was done two years ago. What we're seeing right now, with bond buying being reduced and with interest rates going up, is going to have a major impact on Bitcoin. It is going to have a major impact on the U.S. dollar, but it's not going to happen overnight. So I personally think that we're going to see very high interest rates for a while. I'm sorry, inflation rates for a while. And I also still think that the inflation data from the CPI, Bureau of Labor Statistics, is an absolute farce. And it's probably more like 30 or 40% because I just do not understand. I cannot wrap my head around how you can double the money supply, more than double the money supply, and only get 8% inflation. That does not make logical sense. I would love for somebody at the Fed to explain that to me. Yeah. What is your thoughts on that, though, T-Shroom? No, actually, that so this morning when we were planning this uh, this this whole show is actually that's where my mind went was deep into the economy. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, I, and if you go to my screen, uh, Smay, I actually pulled up the global price of iron ore and its price movement over the last. Oh wow, this is quite a zoomed out chart. Uh, what is this? 10, 15, maybe even fifteen years. Uh, and it's it, it's really cool. So it, it's at ninety dollars per unit of iron ore uh so essentially you can come back to me that that was just a fun little we're not going to make any predict this isn't an actually useful data point i'm just pr brought it up because jeb mentioned it and it's a little bit of fun but uh essentially another way to think about these interest rate hikes right is take a company like uh ford and chevy uh take companies like that right they're they're in constant competition 
And what they're trying to do is they're ultimately trying to buy the commodities that they use to make their vehicles, to make their products in the highest quantity possible so that they can re, re, uh, achieve economies of scale. They want to be able to buy uh, all of the iron ore and all of the refined iron and all of the different commodities that they're going to need to build their cars uh, in the highest quantity because they can get the lower, the lowest price. That's how wholesale buying works, right? And so what they're looking at is, okay, how, how much uh, money can we get from our financer? Let's say Ford works with, you know, somebody like J.P. Morgan, right? Can we can we sit down with our guys at J.P. Morgan and get a loan for? you know, whatever, $50 billion, I don't know, to be able to buy steel. Well, now it's more expensive and it's and it's looking like it's going to continue to be more expensive into the future to get that loan, right? To borrow that money. Why? Because the Fed sets the rate of interest to borrow money. That rate gets passed down to the banks. That Fed, that rate gets passed down to uh, real estate. That Fed, that rate gets passed down to every part of the market, credit cards, everything where there's an interest rate, right? And so now if I'm Chevy or Ford, I'm having to change my strategy, right? And what that is going to do ultimately is slow economic growth. It's going to slow um, higher purchases of higher quantities of goods so that you can make uh, finished products. And ultimately what that does is it just makes everything more expensive. It makes it makes the commodities themselves more expensive. It makes uh, the price of money more expensive and it pa- that price gets passed down to guess who? The consumer, right? And ultimately that just it just slows growth. And so when the Fed wants to increase growth, what did it do? It lowers the interest rate. So we know this to be true. And and um, so when we're you know we're planning this this stream, you know this this is what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about the depths of the economy and how these decisions are made and the calculations that go into it that have that are influenced by the Fed rate. And now that we have this inflation rate that is, you know, you could say it's mixed. You know, it's it's done better than previous month, but it's also done worse than was forecasted. It gives the Fed ammo in its in its big shotgun right to say okay we're gonna be even more determined to to increase rates and they might do a triple rate hike now uh i personally think that they're gonna stick with the double rate hike and it's kind of too early to start talking about rate hikes again i know you guys are probably tired of hearing about that but um you know that so that's kind of what's in that's kind of what's in store that's that's what's going through the mind of the uh, aggregate economy right now is they're seeing money is more expensive and that's influencing that will ultimately influence the price of their products downstream and it won't it won't happen immediately this for in the case of ford and chevy this would take probably this would influence the price of cars two years from now two or three years from now because that's how long like jeb pointed out that's how long it takes from you know the the raw commodity to get into the finished product um but yeah so i so i'd pass it back to you jeb um you know the question i would ask is is uh you know in in what's what is it data that that needs to come out what data are you watching what do you need to see uh in order for you to think that the fed would start to make decisions that would be favorable to bitcoin what what are some of the and i know that that's kind of a very broad broad sweeping question but but does anything come to mind when i ask you that question the thing is it's not that the federal reserve's decision is not good for bitcoin in fact both decisions the fed can make either to be hawkish or dovish it both of them are good or bad for bitcoin depending on the time frame you're looking at if they raise interest rates yeah that's going to scare the market slow down the growth of the economy and that's going to mean that less people have more money to invest in bitcoin it's going to slow down the growth of bitcoin but if but at the same time it is also 
going to help Bitcoin in the long run because the economy hopefully would become more stable so that more people would be able to reset themselves into a stable, not an unstable fashion like Terra USD. And they will be able to make sure that they have the funds to buy Bitcoin. So no matter what the Fed does, it's either good or bad for Bitcoin, just depending on the time horizon that you're looking at. As far as the short term, one of the things I like right now is that the Federal Reserve has a spotlight on them. Everybody's talking about the Fed right now. That wasn't the case before. How many people did you know that went around talking about, oh, the federal funds rates at 0.88%. There's a double rate hike coming in. Unless you were a daily viewer of CNBC, nobody paid attention to that. Now all eyes are on it because inflation cannot be ignored. You got $4.30 gas prices here in Florida where before the pandemic started, we were paying $2.20. You can't ignore that. You can't ignore the fact that we just bought a $440,000 home. I'm sorry, a $390,000 home that would have been $275 two and a half years ago. You can't ignore that. That, that's not something that is ignorable. So people are paying attention. They're asking questions. What is going on with the currency? What is going on with the economy? Why are why is college tuition up over 10x in the last 15 years, but um, average American income is only up three or four x? Why is that happening? P people are asking these questions. They're asking questions like, why is it now impossible for the middle class to buy a home very easily? Why do you have to be 40 years old and save for 20 years straight to even afford the down payment on a home if you have to get a conventional loan at 20% down? Why? Why is that happening? People are asking questions. And I encourage them to keep asking those questions because we should ask those questions. We should not blindly think that the government has our best interest at heart. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that they always don't, but oftentimes they don't. And right now, the issue with the Federal Reserve is that they're between a rock and a hard place. And Jerome Powell doesn't really have a whole lot of good options. In fact, I wouldn't say he has any good options. He's got a bunch of bad options, and he's got to pick one that's going to get the, last, the, le the least flack on him and is going to not destroy the U.S. dollar. I do not envy Jerome Powell's position, and I do feel sorry for the guy. I don't like attacking Jerome Powell. He's in a tough spot, a tough spot that he inherited. Now, we can argue about whether or not he's doing a good job or not. Fine. But I don't envy the position he's in. The thing that makes me very excited about what's going on with the Fed is that it's got people asking questions. It's got people asking questions about, one, why is the currency acting like this? Why is my dollar losing 8% of its value every year? And two, what can I do about it? Ever since the pandemic, I've had plenty of people come up to me and say, hey, Jeb, I've heard you talk about Bitcoin. Well, I'm trying to sit here. Uh, I'm trying to uh, diversify because I know inflation is getting bad. I was told that a year and a half ago by an attorney I know. And she uh, came up to me and asked, say, hey, you're in Bitcoin, right? Well, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because I'm trying to diversify away so I don't get into it. I don't have to deal with inflation. Well, the U.S. dollar is probably worth 10% less now than it was 18 months ago when we had that conversation, 14 months ago when we had that conversation. People are asking two questions. Why is this happening to the US dollar and what do I do about it? And there's only one answer to that second question. What do I do about it? It's Bitcoin. So in a way, I don't care what the Fed does. It's all good for Bitcoin. Whatever they do to stay in the news and stay in the spotlight, which no matter what they do, they're going to right now because the currency is so inflated, it's going to drive attention back to Bitcoin. And that's important. What do you think on that? What's your answer to that question, T-Shroom? Yeah, it, yeah, they're they're really darned if they do and darned if they don't, yeah, right? They, they they they've backed themselves into a corner here, but I, I you know, 
you and I'd say you and Tim are very uh, you're well uh, you're in a different tier of critical of the Fed than I am. I think that I find myself thinking that there there is a two state solution almost right with the Fed and Bitcoin. I think that the Fed needs to uh, like extremely reduce its impact on the economy. It needs to reduce its uh, its influence on on world markets. But I think that the U.S. will always have an interest in being able to control its own USD money supply. Uh, And so and I think that the Fed could do a better could do a job in the future. Obviously, it would need to completely reform. It would need to reshape. But there's a place for uh, something like the fed in my opinion it but but it would need to be uh, completely i'm not saying different. there's not a place for the fed i'm saying like I'm, i i agree with you I'm, I'm not saying there's not a place for the fed i'm not saying there's not a place for the u.s dollar i am saying that its place is being removed from it because it's lost that because are you going to trust somebody that's lied to you a hundred times i mean you know, hopefully you'll be charitable and you'll be loving and you'll say hey i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna trust you anyway but wouldn't the temptation be to not trust them that's what we're dealing with right now with the federal reserve they've lost their trust they've yeah. lost the trust of everyone yeah. Well, uh, I think that we've I think that we've pretty sufficiently covered this. I, uh, so Kelly has put a uh, a super chat in that would bring us back over to the Luna story. And with about five minutes left in this discussion section, uh, Smay, I'd ask you the question. There's been a development. There's there seems to be uh, some dust settling on that story. Do you think we want to cover that? Yeah. All right. Let's well, do it. Well, uh, all right. So, and then we'll loop over to, to super chats, but if you'll come over to my screen, Smay, uh, this is someone that we, we know, like, and trust Charles Hoskinson. And, and this is what he's saying is the word on the street for Luna. And I'll go ahead and, and read this real, very, very quickly. BlackRock and Citadel borrowed a hundred thousand Bitcoin from Gemini. It appears on their, their loan book is the proof. They swapped 25 K of that Bitcoin into USD. UST, I should say. This was all done quietly in anticipation of the attack. So there's an alleged attack now. When the time was right, they called up Duquan at Terra Foundation and said they wanted to sell a lot of Bitcoin for UST. As it was a large trade, they told him they did they didn't want to move the market and asked if he would like to buy their large block of BTC at a discount for UST. Hopefully you're following so far. Yep. Duquan took the bait. He gave them a huge chunk of UST, thus lowering the UST liquidity significantly. At that point, BlackRock slash Citadel dumped all of the BTC and UST, causing massive slippage and triggering a cascade of forced selling in both assets. The real problem was BlackRock slash Citadel knew that Anchor, which holds a lot of Luna, was a Ponzi scheme. So now there's an acquisition acqu- acqu- accusation that Anchor, which is uh, Terra Luna platform uh, ecosystem anchor is their staking protocol was a Ponzi scheme. So that's the accusation. And this crash would trigger more withdrawals than anchor could repay. These forced withdrawals and selling would trigger a massive sell off in Luna, thus further breaking the $1 peg and wrecking the market further. BlackRock and Citadel can now buy the BTC back cheaply to repay the loan and pocket the difference. Meanwhile, billions of longs in BTC VAR were wiped out. This was pure market manipulation. Full screen. Interesting. Yeah, I don't I, I don't think Jeb or I are in a I mean, he can speak for himself, but in a position to really digest this. This is an act. No, this, is a, this is a this is just an image that Charles Hoskinson has has tweeted. I did see some tweets to this effect in our chat, but the the the, the extent to which this is true is is certainly under question. But who was behind the GME 
uh, incident, right? It was Citadel, right? Wasn't that? Or, no, oh, no, it was. Um, it was when Robin Hood froze their uh, trading. Froze withdrawals and trades. Yeah. Or, I, yeah. Yeah. So Citadel right has there. come up before in some of these uh, shadier back, uh, you know, Wall Street. Um, moves, but um, you know, we we we're this is pure speculation. We don't know at this point, but that's the word on the street. From well, maybe uh, we can get Charles Hoskins on the channel to talk about it. If you guys want to go ahead and tweet old Charles, then maybe we could bring him on the channel and we could discuss what's going on with Luna. Um, so yeah, that's definitely very interesting. We'll have to look into that and do some serious thinking on that. We don't want to weigh in on any. Um, speculation or any accusations until we know what we're talking about. So I can't make comment on that, but it is definitely interesting. Um, yeah, and he also said, he also said the rumor floating around about how Luna collapsed so quickly, all coverage all converge to the same reality that every DeFi protocol and cryptocurrency face. There is a massive attack surface from hackers and to traders. If there is an exploit, then someone will find it and will break it. And that's why I like Cardano so much, because Cardano is very rigorously tested to make sure that those attack surfaces are as small and minuscule as possible, and that it's very difficult, if not impossible, to attack it. That's why you have to have the kind of rigorous uh, research done on your protocol as Charles Hoskinson and Cardano do on theirs. I'm not saying that other projects don't do that, but I am saying that other projects don't do that. So let's make sure that we um, look for good deals. And I do think that uh, that things are going to be all right. Luna, we're going to see what happens there. But we, we the individuals, are going to be okay because we have the ability to learn from everything that has occurred and move on in freedom and make sure that we can go on and grow. Now, guys, one word from one of our affiliates. Guys, if you don't know about Ledger, you should definitely get Ledger. Ledger products are some of the best. In fact, I think they are the best uh, hardware wallets and security storage devices for Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies on the market. I've been using Ledger products to store my cryptocurrency for years. You've probably heard the maxim, not your keys, not your crypto. That's true. So make sure that you're doing your long-term storage of cryptocurrency on a hardware wallet to protect it. Use some Ledger products. You can secure your crypto today by using the link in the description box down below. Let's go ahead and read some final super chats. I think we have a couple more, right? We or have a I couple wrong? more. That okay. is correct. So $5 was donated by Revive Woodworks. Prayers for Jeb and your wife. We sorrow not as these who have no hope, but we do sorrow. That's right. Yeah, it doesn't mean that there's not sorrow, but it does mean that there is uh, that there is hope. And uh, we're, we're very thankful for that hope. If, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, I uploaded a video on um, Sunday that kind of breaks down uh, what they're talking about and why I was out most of last week. So, that's right. And Mr. Ether Robert Warner donated ten dollars to post a little haha. Gotcha! I told you so. For anyone in the chat paying attention to my price predictions for the last few months, so I'm not sure which coin is predicting there, but got a little clout. There you go. And then Crypto Lifer donated ten dollars. Crypto Lifer, we love you. Keep going. Thank you, man. Short Love you too, man. Good for you over on your channel. You got a lot of growth going on over there. Definitely go check him out. He is one of my colleagues here on YouTube. Guys, if you enjoyed today's show, I haven't pushed it in a little bit. Make sure you hit that like button. Let's see if we can't get to 750 likes before we wrap the show. 
And also make sure that you subscribe to the channel. I think we have a lot of new people here in the stream today. If you enjoy today's show, we do this every single day, five days a week, 10 a.m. Eastern. We have not missed a day in a very long time. I don't think, have we even missed a day this year of Coffee and Crypto? I don't think we have. I don't believe so. I don't believe so. It's been oh, a long yeah, time. yes, we did. We had the conference. Yeah, well, the conference. at the conference we did. That's right, because our entire production team was in Miami. <laughs> Other than that, we have not missed a day on Coffee and Crypto in a very long time. We are very rarely late, and we do always bring you the latest on-chain technical and fundamental data and analysis for Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. If you're trying to understand what's going on on the price action of Bitcoin, you have found the definitive show in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies ecosystem for that. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, hit that post notification bell, and stay tuned because there will be a video coming out a little bit later explaining what's going on with Luna. You're not going to want to miss that. If you, if you did enjoy today's show, also make sure to check out our social media at Crypto Jeb over on Instagram, at Crypto Jeb over on Twitter, at Crypto Jeb Official over on TikTok. And you can find T Shroom at T Shroom everywhere, right? That's correct. Good deal. And Smay, where can we find you? At Smay Nakamoto on Twitter. Smay Nakamoto. Are you related to Shatoshi Nakamoto or is that a coincidence? Uh, yeah, I'm his son, if you guys didn't You're know. You're his that, son? So. Okay. But you don't know who your father is. I know who his father is. A little is. bit of a Star Wars situation. No, I do know who he is. I, know I just won't say who it is. You know that scene? It's Greg Wright. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Smay. Yeah. You know that scene with Anakin and Count Dooku, and yes. uh, they're picking up uh, Palpatine? Yes. Did you know that Anakin would end up offing every single person in that room? Yes. That's true. I yeah. saw that in a meme yesterday. A lot of interesting Star Wars trivia that we could get into. Smay and I are both big fans. Anywho, guys. I'm you, a bigger fan, but, you know. You, prob oh, oh, you probably I, are. I have a really quick note. Also, there were some people calling out my Liverpool jersey. I'm a Liverpool fan. Smay's a Celtics fan. Look at that. Oh, I'm a massive Celtics fan. And just so you guys know, Celtics are going to win tonight. They're going to win the series. Let's go. I don't like liver, but I do like swimming in a pool. Guys, if you enjoyed today's show, make sure to hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel. Oh, thank you. I needed that. My, that, that I'm, I'm very proud of that one. Anywho, guys, if you enjoyed today's show, hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel. Before I go, though, guys, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching, as always. And I will see you guys in the next video. Peace. Oh, I got a real good feeling. Got a real good feeling. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJeb. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at McPhee Media.